0: On this unseasonably warm Wednesday, John, how's it hanging?
1: It's going good. Going good. How are you doing, Benjamin?
0: I'm doing pretty good, other than almost being run over by a truck on my longboard earlier this afternoon. Mostly my fault. But hey, I'm here, and I'm living. What's on the docket? Oh, also, friend of mine, Daniel Wilson from Inside Pack Sports, is sitting in on the show today. Daniel, what's up?
2: Not much. Thanks for inviting me on, Ben. No worries, man. Daniel is going to
0: be back with us closer to uh, baseball season, because he knows everything there is to know about that. John, what is on the docket for today's show?
1: We're definitely going to talk some NFL football. Certainly going to talk some Panthers with the the 2-0 and start to this season. Definitely going to talk some NC State football as we got a big game against Florida State coming up on Saturday. Mm-hmm. We're going to talk some men's and women's soccer for NC State. Men's tennis, women's golf, and men's golf. And along with some cross-country. Yep, cross-country season
0: started up for the first time. And the Wolfpack had a meet. Uh, I am scrolling up. Scrolling up. Wolfpack cross country at the Adidas cross country challenge last week. NC State sophomore Beth Tay took home the Adidas cross country challenge individual crown Friday night at Wake Med Soccer Park finishing first overall with a mark of 17 minutes flat in the women's 5K. Junior Elijah Moskevich was the pack's highest finisher on the men's side as he Placed fourth individually in the 6K with a time of 18 minutes and 17 and a half seconds. Uh, right behind Mos- Moskovich was a uh, redshirt sophomore Tannis Baldwin, who finished fifth. And then there was Ben Barrett and Edwin Rudo and uh, Joe Bisstretch. And uh, what what else? What other uh, Wolfpack players uh, raced in that event?
1: Uh, well, Junior Philip Hall um, he raced in the individual race and he finished second overall with the college best. Uh, In the 6K, 18 minutes, 13 seconds. That's a very solid time. Uh, Ian Shanklin uh, also got a top 10 finish. He uh, finished 9 seconds behind Phillip Hall um, to play 7th at 18 minutes, 22 seconds. The pack is next set to travel to South Bend, Indiana
0: for the Joe PN Notre Dame Invitational. The meet is scheduled to start at 2 p.m. on Friday, September 29th. Those cross-country events are all-day events, but usually your team, they'll only race once, so it's about 20 minutes. I definitely recommend going out. I had a friend uh, that was there earlier this week. Um, NC State uh, rookie was named a Freshman of the Week. Um, her name was Dominique Claremont, and she is a freshman, and she finished third, and that was enough for her to be named the ACC Freshman of the Week in her collegiate debut.
1: Uh, yeah, the pack women went one, two, uh, three, as well as finishing ninth and 10th, 6th, ninth, and 10th in the the 5K event at the Adidas Cross Country Challenge. So 6 out of the top 10, that's pretty dominant, um, our cross country team. One of the most competitive and dominant teams at NC State that we have, especially the Mm -hmm. women. Mm -hmm. They finished 4th nationally
0: last year, and per usual surprise, surprise, NC State is killing it in those non-revenue sports, and that's what we're here to talk to you all about. By the way, follow us on Twitter at Pacus Life NCSU. We have a weekly trivia question every single week, and we're going to be uh, giving uh, that question when we come back from our first break and answering it at the end of the show. So other seasons started up. Uh, men's and women's golf started up earlier this week. What happened with the uh, the men's golf? Did pretty well, did they not, John?
1: Uh yeah, they did pretty well. Um, the pack they finished first out of a field of fifteen. Um, Benjamin Shipp finished first overall, posting a 68, 69, and 69 in a total of three rounds. Uh, for a total of, if it, I think it was a par 72, so mm-hmm. a total of 10, 10 under, under, par. 10 under mm-hmm. par. That's pretty impressive. Uh, Stephen Franken uh, finished at six under par, finished fourth. And then um, other top finishers, Easton Paxton, uh, Harrison Rhodes, and Nolan Mills Jr., all um, either under par at even or very close to par in the top 30.
0: That's a great opener for the season for our men's golf. By the way, that was at the Golf Week Conference Challenge at Cedar Rapids Country Club earlier this week. Uh, They held off a surging Iowa club to win by two strokes. They led from start to finish. The women's golf also, uh, they were ranked number seven in the country uh, going into the season uh they didn't, you know, perform up to that, but we have no doubt that they'll get back on track as they were at the Mercedes-Benz Collegiate Championship hosted by Tennessee earlier this week.
1: Yeah, uh 10th out of 15 teams, it wasn't the strongest showing, but again, it's the it's the start of the year, so you can expect a couple bumps. I mean, mm-hmm. we're still nationally ranked number 7. Like we did have a top 19 finisher in Laura Kowal. Uh she finished um at uh one under par and I mean, that's still a solid individual performance. But, um, I mean, from here on out, the first day looked really rough. Some of the scores, like um, Cecily Obervey, who finished in the top 40, uh, opened with an 80, mm-hmm. and then India Clyburn opened with an 82. It's just... In golf, you could have one bad round, and it completely ruined your whole tournament. Yeah,
0: I took golf last semester. I am <laughs> so grateful for that pass-fail option because, man, I would have not gotten a good grade. Honestly,
1: golf is, if not the hardest, one of the most difficult sports to master. Oh, absolutely. And people yeah. people,
0: um, don't really—unless you're into golf, people don't really like to watch golf. And I, I'm very—I watch any sport that is on TV, pretty much. I am not picky, so I'm not a good gauge of what's good to watch but I get really into some golf or especially something like the masters watching some of the shots that those players make. And there's a couple of NC players that are on tour. So it's good to see the golf season getting underway. Uh, another season that got underway was, uh, NC takes men's tennis and they had a tournament this week.
1: Yeah. Um, the tournament was highlighted by a doubles title for, uh, the two brothers, Igor several, and Ivan, his brother, Ivan. And, mm-hmm. uh, Georgie Malyshev um, had a run to the singles final. So that's a, a very strong showing for our men's tennis team, yep, honestly. that was
0: at the uh, Duke James Bonk invite earlier this week. Uh, some quotes from Coach Kyle Spencer. Uh, it was a great job by Igor and Ivan to win the doubles draw. We haven't had that many practices, so to have some of the guys be able to compete and get four singles matches and three doubles matches in is great for our development. I'm excited for us to get better in the next couple of weeks. In route to that Devil's title, uh, NC State defeated Louisville. UNC Chapel Hill. The top seed. We upset them. Mm-hmm. And Duke. Also, side note, Josh Peck uh, plays for UNC. Uh, maybe it's the same guy. Who Who am I to it's say? Not the, it's not
1: the famous child star.
0: <laughs> All righty. So in other non-revenue sports this week, uh, men's soccer is, they didn't have the best week. They had a loss, and they're now ranked... In both major polls for the first time, they're at 21st and 30th. Uh,
1: yeah, I mean, that, that loss wasn't that bad of a loss. Uh, we played number two, Notre Dame, mm-hmm. which, I mean, ACC soccer is absolutely the best in men's and women's. Hands down. It's absolutely the best conference. They win championships just about every year. Um, yeah, so Notre Dame, really strong opponent. Uh, we were defeated 3 0. We had a couple goals called back because of yes. some offsides calls. Yes. Yeah, honestly. Um,
0: that's some NC State stuff right there. I didn't. I can't say I watched the game, and who knows? You know, they probably were rightfully called back, but it's just like, and we actually went up one nothing, and then the offside call took away the goal. So that game could have gone an entirely different way versus second-ranked team in the country.
1: I mean, yeah, they're pure judgment calls by the officials. So I mean, we like to think they're being honest and doing a good job, but still, I mean, Notre Dame's really good. the sh- the sh- The number of shots uh, was even. Mm-hmm. We actually outshot them in the second half. So. Three goals on twelve shots is really good for Notre Dame. I think that's really just. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, you can get pretty lucky sometimes. I mean, yeah. good teams get lucky, honestly. And as of right now,
0: NC State men's soccer is three two and one with a one one and zero record in the conference.
1: They're uh, uh, majorly ranked in both national polls mm-hmm. for the first time. They were ranked in the AP last week, but now in the coaches poll. Isn't
0: it uh, the top juror poll? Is the another is the other uh, main soccer? Poll. I think so. I think it's basically like the mm coach's
1: poll in in football.
0: So, after coming off that uh, disappointing loss to Notre Dame, the uh, Wolfpack uh, played in-state rival. They went over uh, to Elon and drew 0-0 in double overtime.
1: Yeah, that's one of the reasons... uh one of the reasons that a lot of people don't like soccer no is goals. because, yeah, no goals. Which, I mean, that could still be exciting in double overtime. I mean, you know, sudden death at The intensity, point. too. Yeah, absolutely. So, I mean, it really shows how strong our defense was in that situation, especially absolutely. the goalkeeping.
0: Yeah, uh, goalie Leon Krapp had a tip away with uh, 10 seconds left to preserve the draw. And in soccer, a win is three points in the standings, and a draw is one point. Yeah, so, so
1: a draw is still, it's not a loss. It's,
0: exactly. Yeah. I, I mean, don't personally agree with the whole concept of a draw, but I'm glad that a win is three points rather than two, and it gives a lot of incentive for teams to try to win, and ultimately that's what I feel the sport should be about. And it gets irritating towards the end of seasons. You'll see teams playing for draws because they don't need the points in the standings, as many. So it's like they don't risk as much, and that's not, that's not as fun to see. Exactly, yeah. And so the women's soccer also played last week.
1: Our, those, our women's soccer team yes, is really team. good. In case yes. you haven't been following the show,
0: the first RPI ranking came out earlier, and they are ranked number thirteen in the nation in
1: RPI. Yeah, uh, they drew even with number three Virginia. Like we said, the ACC just has the best soccer. It's uh, regardless mm-hmm. of what school you go to, you're gonna probably find a, a competitor. But uh, yeah, they drew zero zero in double overtime, just like our men did against Elon. But I mean, Virginia way outshot the pack, twenty-one to five, which mm-hmm. means that uh, they really um, wow. packed it in, uh, pun intended, uh, and just I like it um, played some really tough defense, especially in those overtime periods. Because I mean, soccer players they run a lot of times. Defenders run double-digit miles within a game. When that game goes to overtime, yeah, it's really that's allowing... an extra thirty minutes, right? Because one overtime is fifteen minutes. I think. That's what I think so, yeah. Mm-hmm. But uh, when you add that time and still give up zero goals against the number three team in the country, it really shows how resilient your defense Absolutely. is. Absolutely, and you know a, what? That's a favorable result. Those
0: efforts did not go unnoticed as Pat goalkeeper Sidney Wooten was named ACC Defensive Player of the Week following two consecutive shutout performances over the weekend. That other shutout performance was a 1-0 victory over Western Carolina a victory in Rich, uh Ricky Walkling converted a penalty kick in the 33rd minute, and that was the game winner over Western Carolina.
1: Yeah, we recorded uh, 19 shots. I mean, like we said, good teams get lucky. We just... Didn't happen to get uh, a little luck on that. Um, Nineteen shots is still a good amount of offense. Mm-hmm. Uh, they Sydney, got that
0: goal in the thirty-third minute.
1: Yeah, yeah, exactly. Cindy Wooten continuing her trend of playing every single minute of the game in mm-hmm. goal. Uh, she had four saves, and that's her fourth shutout of the season. Um, I mean, that's that's a good result, especially after playing a really long game against mm-hmm. a really. And good she team.
0: is a, a junior from uh, San Diego, California. She has a four one one record on the season and she leads the conference with four shutouts and is second with a .51 goals against average, and she ranks 22nd and 23rd in the NCAA in that order in those two categories.
1: That's very impressive, very impressive.
0: So we have a really good goalie in soccer. Yeah. Uh,
1: the Wolfpack, they play at 7 on Thursday at Dale Soccer Field. Mm-hmm. That's a home home match. Uh, come out and support the Wolfpack. It's free for students. Bring your ID. Not that expensive for non-students.
0: Absolutely, absolutely recommend going. I will try to go to that
1: game. I wasn't able to go to the game Friday because I went home for an event. And they, they are playing Boston College. I failed to mention that. Boston College, um, they're 7-3, and three, uh, not ranked mm-hmm. in the national poll, but, I mean, they're a formidable team. They're averaging two goals a game, and they scored two goals against Louisville in the home opener on Sunday.
0: Yeah, but I'm feeling pretty confident. We're leading that series all-time, 12-2, to two, so we uh, definitely <laughs> have Boston College's number A quote from uh, Coach Tim Santoro about their victory against Western Carolina. Quote, we retired from Friday, understandably two overtimes. It took a lot out of us, so we weren't sharp today, but we still controlled the game. We would have liked to be a little better in the final third of the field and scored a couple more goals, but credit to Western Carolina. They were really organized defensively and played hard. Anytime you win, though, you take it and you move on. And so NC State is moving on to that game versus Boston College this Thursday. Uh, Something I forgot to mention. Was the men's soccer is playing um, later this week on campus. They are hosting uh, Wake Forest, which is ranked, um, I had this up here. They're hosting Wake Forest, which is ranked number fourth nationally, fourth nationally, or number four. Yeah, I had to get one of those. And it's at 7 p.m. on Saturday, again, at Dale Soccer Field. Bring your student ID. It is free, and it's also pretty cheap for people that want to come as well. It's, you know, great entertainment for the family. Packets Live Sports Show. Benjamin Denton, John Hinton, my buddy Daniel Wilson sitting in on us from Inside Pack Sports. Uh, we're going to be talking right now. We're going to talk about the uh, – oh, I'm sorry. I almost forgot. John, do you have that trivia question of the week pulled up?
1: Oh, yeah. I was going to say, who is the winningest uh, coach in NC State basketball history, men's and women's? Okay, so it's yeah. a
0: twofold question this week,
1: right? Right, it's a twofold question. Uh, looking at both men's and women's basketball, which coach in NC State's history has won the most games overall?
0: Okay, I kind of had to think a little bit about the men's, but I'm pretty sure I have the women's. Again, real oh no, fans. I mean overall, overall, yeah, like men's not, or women's,
1: yeah, oh, overall. Oh yeah, I yeah. know this one, yeah. Real so fans don't have to Google. Real fans would know this one, especially those who've followed the pack for a long, long time. Mm-hmm. But yeah, we'll come back to it at the end of the show. Again, the question is, who is the winningest coach in NC State basketball history? Again, that's men's and women's. You can tweet the answer to us at NCSU. Again, that's NCSU on Twitter.
0: All righty. We, I am looking forward to revealing that towards the end of the show. But this past Saturday, the Wolfpack got on track playing the firman paladins formerly the firman purple paladins i don't know i <laughs> guess they don't like the color purple now although i, it still I had to colors. look up
1: what a paladin was mid-game what, what is a paladin a paladin is like a french knight so like in army rank oui, a oui. paladin would be above a knight really yeah something like that so why isn't it in chess it should be in chess if it's above a knight. i, th- I don't know i don't know I just, don't, I just do you play chess not anymore, but I, I was just telling you what a paladin was. But.
0: I stopped playing chess because I would get, I got way too intense and I would get headaches. My brother used yeah. to beat me all the time, and then once I got where I would beat him, he
1: stopped playing me. Yeah, well, that, that was during the fourth quarter when I looked it up because, I mean, we didn't score in the fourth quarter, but we didn't have to.
0: 49 to 16.
1: Yeah, that was a really good thumping. I mean, last week, Benjamin predicted that or he didn't predict he said we I did predict he did, slash okay, hope predict slash expect that the Wolfpack would rush for 200 yards which i mean we rushed for 242 on a 6.2 average including five touchdowns five nice. rushing touchdowns that's a very solid number considering what we've done in the past weeks which is uh focusing through the air
0: and a boy Jay Sam had three rushing touchdowns and also 75 yards receiving if i'm not correct
1: yeah, Jalen Samuels does it all, man, honestly. Literally I mean, everything. If he gets the ball, if he gets a goal line carry, it's going to be a touchdown. Like, the whole student section, we we stand up. It's Yeah, we know it's happening.
0: When I'm at the games, and I wasn't able to make it to this game. I had something going on. But when I'm at the games, I get angry. Of course, I know he has to rest. But he's literally Superman. I don't see why he'd have to go out of the game. I get angry when he goes out of the games. That's just me as a fan. Don't yeah. take J-Sam off, but... They manage him well, they take him off on second downs, give him that breather, bring him back on for third downs, and there's almost, you can do almost anything with him, so there's really nothing that a team like Furman could do to stop him.
1: Yeah, he's really just like, I mean, back when football was just getting started as a sport, uh, you just, like the fullbacks, they literally did everything. Mm -hmm. Jalen Samuel, he's a true fullback. Throwback. He can block, yeah, a throwback fullback. He can block, he can run, he can catch, and he can pass protect, too. Yeah, it's really a full package.
0: He's going to the next, the next level, but it's going to give Absolutely. some people some headaches to find out what they're going to do with him and where they're going to put him. Some other stats from NC State and Furman: time of possession was thirty-one to thirty to twenty-nine in favor of Furman. I don't really care about that. Of course, the Furman offense is going to have the ball because it's going to take them forever to score on our defense. Well, and yeah. we're going to score quickly versus their
1: defense. I mean, yeah, we had a pick six, so that's a, a whole mm-hmm. possession. When you're is that Boone that had it? That was Boone. Yeah. I mean, our defensive line really caused that pick six, and he just sat back and waited for him mm-hmm. to throw that little little pass to the running back, took it the distance. That was that was the most exciting play because at that point it was over, and just mm-hmm. a pick six is always a great feeling.
0: And uh, NC State had 25 first downs versus Furman 16. Third down, NC State was 7 of 11.
1: Yeah, that's really impressive. That's something that you have to do against teams that you have to do it against, and it's something that we hope that we can do against Florida State Absolutely. on Saturday.
0: Convert third downs. Yeah, you like you just said, we have to do it.
1: Yeah, keep that defense on the field. Mm-hmm. I mean, if you can't uh, make their defense tired, then every single possession is just going to be that much harder.
0: Now, that's, I'm looking at something here. Now, you were watching the game, and Daniel, uh, you watched the game as well. I suppose, yes. Mm-hmm. So, <laughs> I'm looking at these stats, and I'm seeing that Furman was 50% on third down and had 329 yards of offense on our defense this is Furman here, so that is concerning me a little bit, John.
1: You know what? What's not concerning me is that uh, we made up for it by causing turnovers. Okay.
0: So like All right. time
1: of possession and yardage, a lot of that can be uh, picked up in what we call trash time. Basically, the fourth quarter, it's forty nine to thirteen, and Furman's moving the ball. You know, I okay. I, I really don't Valid have a point. problem with that. I think. Um, A lot of times the third down stops came in red zone territory. That's Mm -hmm. why they kicked three field goals. So we're getting it done when we have to. But I mean, obviously, it could always be better.
0: And as you mentioned, turnovers there, we won the turnover fight three to nothing.
1: Yeah, again, no interceptions thrown by Ryan Finley. I think, I really hope that he breaks Russell Wilson's uh, passes without an interception. What do you have against
0: Russell Wilson, John?
1: Wisconsin. Wisconsin Uh,
0: loyal listeners know exactly what John has against Russell Wilson anyway so that brings (laughs) us to uh oh there's one more thing about this game uh three offensive linemen were named to pro football Focus's first team honors they were Garrett Bradbury Tony Adams and Will Richardson who returned from a two-game suspension
1: yeah they're a big reason why we rushed for over 200 yards Mm -hmm. and I mean pass protection too I don't think Finley was ever really in trouble back in the pocket. So, I mean, our offensive lineman is looking good, even though, like we say every week, we lost the, the great Joe Tooney to the Patriots. But um, still, our offensive line, uh, one of the best in the ACC, I mm-hmm. honestly think. Yeah, it's going to help us in the future. And that's going to be key
0: this next week versus Florida State at 12 o'clock noon on ABC, which means I get to watch that game.
1: Yeah, I'm, I'm definitely going to be watching. I mean, prime time. That's a really big game. It's the ACC opener. It's on the road in Tallahassee. Of course, they're playing without DeAndre Francois. Yep. But they still have one of the best defensive lines in the country, comparable to Alabama or Clemson even.
0: Now, I have some pros and cons to this game. You tell me if you agree or not. So a pro, NC, uh, Florida State is starting a true freshman at quarterback, with no previous college experience.
1: That's certainly a pro, honestly, because uh, with what our defensive line can do and hopefully will do, especially uh, Contavia Street and Mm -hmm. Bradley Chubb, they really, really control the line of scrimmage. If you control the line of scrimmage against an inexperienced quarterback, that's definitely going to be a pro. And uh, a side note, Florida State's actually only played one game this season. Mm-hmm, that because, was Yeah, I was literally just getting to that. Right. They had an off week uh, in week three, and their other game got postponed because of Hurricane Irma. So their only game this year is against uh, number one Alabama, and they got beat 24-7. to so, so the pro
0: to that is NC State's had two cupcakes to get tuned up. The con is Florida State's had two weeks rest to focus solely on stopping NC State and the likes of Ryan Finley, Jalen Samuels. And and uh, Kelvin Harmon.
1: Yeah, exactly. I mean, I think they could be a little rusty, but also, I mean, coming off a loss and getting to play three weeks later, you're going to be fired up.
0: Yeah. And uh, my final pro, uh, if Finley, Samuels, Harmon, and Hines all play well, NC State has a very good chance to leave with a signature win under Durin, Doran. The uh, con to that is FSU would be 0-2 without their starting quarterback. And this win would not look nearly as good on paper as it did before the season.
1: Yes, but the loss will hurt a lot on paper. Yeah, so. <laughs> Florida State
0: season might be pretty close to over. I mean, it may have been over when they lost Francois. That was a very, very discouraging injury, and he may not even be ready for spring practice of next year.
1: I remember a couple times um, when uh, Jameis Winston would get hurt mm-hmm. and his backup would come in. They would still be competitive in those games. Mm-hmm. So. Sean Maguire. Yeah, yeah, Sean McGuire. So, I mean, I always think... Florida State, they're going to be in the game. Even if they lose to State, I don't think their season's necessarily
0: over. Well, their national championship aspirations are pretty much over. Yeah,
1: yeah, they they pretty much have to win out and beat Clemson.
0: And when you're a program like Florida State, that's the expectations every year, Daniel.
2: But uh, just going to piggyback off of that, with only playing one game, honestly, though it's against Alabama, you don't really know what uh, Florida State has in terms of what potential they Mm -hmm. have. Because like, Alabama beats everybody. Exactly. But uh, they do have uh, running back uh, Jacques Patrick, who is named to the uh, Doak Walker uh, watch list, and he has uh, nine touchdowns in his career so far. He's a junior out of Orlando. And there's also uh, Niquan Murray, who had two touchdowns uh, through the air, excuse me, uh, two receiving touchdowns uh, mm-hmm. against Michigan in the Orange Bowl. So Florida State has plenty of weapons. And as you mentioned, or one of y'all mentioned earlier, I think this game is going to come down uh, to the trenches, especially when it comes to um, with NC State being on mm-hmm. defense.
0: That brings me to some of my keys for victory. I think there are three things that NC State needs to do to come out with a W. The first thing is to make sure uh, special teams does not have a major, major, I'm going to say mess up, because we had that versus South Carolina, Spotted them, uh, spotted them seven points to yeah. start the game, and there's been some returns. Uh Marshall had a return. It ended up being called back, but that was still a return for a touchdown. So if special teams just lets the offense and defense decide this game, I think we have a good chance. We need yeah. to average at least four yards of carry running the ball.
1: I, I definitely agree with you on special teams, and I mean I think every everybody always gives our kickers a hard time, but Carson Wise, didn't he go seven for seven on extra points on Saturday? Uh I'm pretty sure he did. If yeah. he did,
0: I am very proud of that. He right.
1: went seven for seven, so I really think um I'm confident in Carson Wise, I really am.
2: I do um uh, the PATs are obviously very promising in regards to Wise. But here's the thing, in my personal opinion, I think this is the make or break game if he has to go out and kick field goals. He's been so inconsistent so far. Mm-hmm. And as much hate as everybody seems to give Kyle Bambard, at Bless least he's got yes. No, I was down there for uh, at Death Valley last year and it was Oh really? That was right in front of me on press row.
0: Wow. Yeah. Thanks for bringing that up, Daniel. Good memories. Good memories, man.
2: Hey, I've been in this for a long time. But either way, uh, Bambard does have that experience. I'm not saying that he's going to get immediately the call uh, right afterwards, but Carson Wise has got to be feeling a little bit of the heat at this point.
0: Absolutely. Yeah, I agree. I'd rather have uh, Wise than Bambard because Bambard's proven that he cannot deliver in the key moment, whereas Wise hasn't proved that to us yet. Yeah, but Kyle Bambard
1: would play with nothing to lose. That's true. Because fans will expect him to miss the kick. If he makes the the kick, he'll be a campus hero. Make extra points. That's what I'm looking for. Yeah, that's what Carson Weiss did. Yeah,
0: oftentimes in Carter Finley, the extra points get more cheers than the touchdowns, and that's kind of sad. Bless their hearts is what I'm going to say. Yeah. And my final key for an NC State victory on Saturday is Samuels needs to get more than 10 touches, whether that's on the ground or through the air. He's our best player. He needs to get the ball for us to have a chance against a
1: very talented Florida State team. I'm gonna agree with the ten touches, but I'm gonna um I'm gonna specify uh receptions because I really okay. think All right. Florida State has such a good defensive line. We're really gonna need uh Jalen Samuel in the passing game. Like I honestly think there's gonna be nothing doing in the running game. Um well, I wouldn't give it to Samuel. I'd give it to Naheem Hines. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's what he does best. And
0: Kolasby's been pretty good, too, backing Absolutely. up Hines. Absolutely,
1: yeah. I think Hines is honestly a better individual running back than mm-hmm. Jalen Samuel. So I think you really need to utilize each player's talent. Run Hines on the um, the halfback dives and wear down the defense and use Jalen screen ah, Jalen Samuel's on those little bubble screens mm-hmm. and those five-and-out routes to...
2: Now, I'm going to qualify uh that a little bit. Obviously Jalen Samuels is one of the biggest highlights on the offense. You can't uh discount uh, all the other uh receivers that they have. Oh, uh, absolutely. Harmon, Lewis mm-hmm. and uh Myers, amazing Riley. My goodness. I mean,
0: we have a lot of talent on that offense.
2: Exactly, and that's one of the best things that uh, Ryan Finley has going for him. I mean, he's a fantastic passer, and this is probably going to be a bold statement, but I can see him having a Rivers-esque year this season. Oh, no, I totally agree. Oh, yeah, we talked yeah. about
0: this last week. He's having a Rivers-esque year right now. He's yeah. breaking gotta gotta say, This is, this is going to be
2: the starting point. This is going to be the make or break of whether it will be Rivers-esque, because if he can uh, torch the Seminoles' uh, secondary through the air, which— they have a very strong secondary. Historically, they've mm-hmm. had a very oh, strong yeah. defense. If he can do that, then there's no holding him back. But having, back to the actual point I was trying to make, with Samuels out there, he becomes a distraction. Everybody's going to be looking for him. That's going to open up more opportunities mm-hmm. for these receivers, and I think that in itself, the fear of Samuels, is going to be the biggest strength yeah. I uh, think, versus uh, I uh, think, Samuels himself.
0: Sorry. Uh, I think uh, Coach Doran talked about that. When they double Samuels, that leaves single coverage on Harmon, and that's why Harman, part of why Harmon has been having a great year so far, in addition to his amazing talent. Speaking of talent at NC State, we do this every week. We have the roundup of the pack in the pros, and we get this thanks to GoPack.com. They are a great resource for this show on offense. Uh, Russell Wilson led the Seahawks to a 12-9 victory over the San Francisco 49ers. And uh, – the Chargers did lose to Miami off a missed field goal at the end of regulation, so Philip Rivers was not coming out with the W. Uh, Mike Glennon was 31 of 45 for 301 yards with one touchdown and two interceptions in the Bears' 29 to seven loss on Sunday.
1: Yeah, and you look at uh, Jacoby Brissett, of course, the fourth quarterback. Mm-hmm. It's pretty impressive that NC State has one eighth of the starting quarterbacks yep. in the NFL. Which I mean, no other school has more than two. Which is California, of course, Rogers and Goff. But um, having four starting quarterbacks, I mean, I think they only um, only Russell Wilson was the one. Russell Wilson was the only one to win. Yep. Yeah, because we don't um, have to talk about that though. Yeah, it's it's okay. <laughs> but like, uh, but uh, I mean, Rivers obviously doing what he's been doing, playing well until his mm-hmm. coach and his special teams blows the game. Glennon, um, honestly. He patted his stats at the end. Like, he really? did not have a good game. Yeah, he really, he went 31 for 45. He was below 50% for a majority of the game. Uh, threw two interceptions, one return for a touchdown. The Bears just really had no offense, Yeah, honestly. I don't know
0: if they really have that talented of a team. But you mentioned Jacoby Percet.
1: Yeah, I, I agree with that, absolutely.
0: That was a competitive game versus Arizona. I got to see the end of that game in overtime. And Percet looked promising. He was 20 of 37, which isn't great. But again, this is his second week in that system on that team. He for 216 yards. He led them on a touchdown drive. He did have a game ceiling interception. Yeah. First pass of overtime. Yeah. And Arizona was already in field goal range. So that cost them the game. But hey, you know, Percet has only been in that system for a week.
1: Yeah, like you said about the Bears, I think the Colts are really one of the least talented uh teams in the league. Yeah. I mean, you look what happened. Like a few even a few years ago, they took you took away Peyton Manning and they went 2 and 14. You take away Andrew Luck and they're going what I assume is going to be like a 2 and 14, 3 and 13 season. Well, Luck's going to so be back. He's not out for the whole year. They're talking about he could potentially really? sit out the entire year just to he be fully safe, heal his injuries, yeah. Like
0: do what because we didn't like,
1: do with Cam Newton. Like if they're not, if they're zero and five or zero and six, like what's the point of him coming back and you know relacerating his kidney? Oh, that's because true. Like he has all kinds of injury. I mean, the man is in- incredibly tough, but he does have in- issues with injuries. Yeah, I but, like him,
0: and I agree that he's very tough. I just think he's overrated as a player. He hasn't really done a lot for the Colts.
1: Yeah, I'd love to see Brissett start an entire year too. I think Dude, I'd like I'd like amazing. to see what he could do. Yeah. We could just
0: lord it over uh, the other school down the road, the fact that they right now currently don't have a starting quarterback in the NFL. They will in a they little while, <laughs> but they won't. On defense, uh, Willie Young had two tackles and a sack for the Bears and their loss. Josh Jones, a rookie out of NC State, had three tackles at safety for the Green Bay Packers. And during the Jets' blowout win loss to the Oakland Raiders, Justin Burris, who had an interception the week before, contributed one tackle. That's not necessarily bad if you're a cornerback. It could be because you're doing a job and your guys aren't getting receptions. Yeah, honestly. Mm-hmm. Honestly,
1: I didn't mean to
0: cut you off there, but I absolutely agree. That's the last guy. The only uh, note is uh, the Vikings signed uh, Wolfpack cornerback Jack Tocho to their practice squad. Oh, I love Jake And Cocho. he was a seventh-round draft pick, and he's transitioning to a safety. That doesn't surprise me. Yeah,
1: he could potentially back up Harrison Smith.
2: Also, uh, I know Steven Hauska had a field goal in oh, yeah. the Panthers' 9 3 win over the Bills.
1: Which kept us from getting
0: that shutout. Oh, yeah. Thanks, Steven Hauska. <laughs> yeah. 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 I have, um, in fantasy football, there's always huge bonuses if you get a shutout. So the fact that uh, oh, really? that Hauska um, didn't give them the shutout. I know in my league that I manage, I give a huge bonus yeah. if your defense gets a, sh- a shutout. So thank you, Steven Hauska.
2: And thank you, Steven Hauska, for giving me uh, three points on that. <laughs> oh, my
0: goodness. <laughs> Yeah, Daniel played me this week in fantasy football. It's just a very small world out there. Uh, we talked about the Panthers. They won 9-3 to on, on Sunday versus Buffalo. Again, not the best game to watch just visibly and watching the two teams play. There were no touchdowns scored. That means that Buffalo didn't score any touchdowns, which means this Panthers defense is the first defense in 30 years to not allow a touchdown in the first two
1: games. Yeah, it's really impressive honestly. Um giving up 3 points per game. I mean, we beat the 49ers 23 to 3 mm-hmm. and now the Bills, excuse me, uh 9 to 3, only giving up field goals. Our defense against, I mean, again, two of the not so great offenses in the league, but still NFL offenses. Oh yeah, no doubt. I mean, the average even the worst teams in the league average uh 10 to 15 points a game mm-hmm. any given season. So, like, holding those two teams to three points. I'm looking to see what we can do against a pretty solid offense in New oh, yeah. Orleans.
0: Drew Brees is always orchestrating a masterpiece down there in <laughs> New Orleans. Yeah, Drew Brees. Let's talk about Drew Brees real quick. Bless his heart Drew for Brees, the defense.
1: Yeah, first of all. I like Drew Brees personally. He's never really—the one time he had a great defense, they won the Super Bowl. Mm-hmm. I'll give him that. But most of his, a lot, not most, a lot of his numbers come when they're coming from behind or if they're playing trash
0: Which is something he
1: can't help. I don't know if he really plays a lot of trash time. They are always behind. Oh, yeah, I'm just saying you got to, I mean, he's one of the greatest quarterbacks of all time, but you got to take his passing yards with a grain of salt because if you're throwing 80 times a game and running two times, even if you, I mean, he's completing a lot of his passes, but still... You're still gonna, um, you're still gonna throw. Had those line. numbers, yeah, yeah, and absolutely. That's kind of the opposite of what the Panthers have in Cam Newton. The Panthers the Newton are leading
0: the league in time of possession, and for the second straight week, yeah. with the game on the line, we produced almost a nine-minute drive to beat Buffalo. We ended up with a field goal. We had the ball, I think, with about ten minutes left. We finished the drive with a field goal, which turned out to be the difference because Buffalo, on their final drive which they really shouldn't have had because we should have gotten a touchdown there to Christian McCaffrey. But that was still an eight-plus-minute clock-eating drive. We had to run the ball. We were able to run the ball. And we ran off that clock and eventually came out with the win. So I'm really encouraged by how we can control the ball as on the offensive side.
1: Yeah, I mean, we were getting it done when it matters. And, I mean, it's not pretty, obviously. No, it's we not. We didn't really have that uh, many passing yards or rushing yards.
0: McCaffrey had a very pretty catch.
1: Yeah, McCaffrey had an incredible catch on third down. Yeah, that um, was great. That was uh, one of the plays that actually kept the drive moving. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but. Um, and
0: Kelvin Benjamin is always showing himself on third down. He will disappear for two quarters, but when <laughs> it's third down, that guy is at least being targeted by Cam Newton. And, you know, it's all about those Benjamins, just saying.
1: Yeah, Kelvin so. Benjamin, six catches, 77 yards. I mean, had a better game than he did in week one for sure. I'm looking for him to absolutely eat against this Saints secondary.
0: Yeah, Tom Brady just diced them up like sliced chicken last week. It, was, it wasn't it was pretty for them. They
1: have the worst defense in the league, and it's not even close. If we don't score 20 points, I'm going to want Mike Shula fired. If we don't score 35 points, we need to get a new offensive coordinator.
0: I want Rob Jadzinski back, the guy that was coordinating Cam Newton's rookie year. He got a head coaching job. Cleveland fired him after one year because that's what Cleveland does. <laughs> we needed to get the man back. That's all I'm saying. Daniel, you have some thoughts.
2: I do, uh, specifically regarding the Buffalo game. And this kind of uh, leads into uh, heading towards the future. Um, as you know, they usually do player introductions before mm-hmm. the start of the game. Yep. And Luke Keekley, whenever they're doing the defensive starters, he always goes last. But he ceded that to a some uh, former UNC yeah, some back football, defensive football end. and basketball player no they julius peppers is (laughs) back the one tar
1: heel we can genuinely love
2: oh yeah just because he's wearing a a panthers uniform we'll be okay with that we forgive him but here's the thing with julius peppers coming back on the panthers i think that is reinvigorating the fan base and giving the fans some excitement more than anything else
0: yeah the bandwagon is filling up pretty quick i don't really like bandwagon fans but you know fandom isn't
1: Really, something that's that important anyway. I mean, uh, yeah, exactly. I mean, I don't own the Panthers. The, I just feel like I do. The thing that's that like. Pepper's coming back uh, tells me, honestly, is how much depth that we have at yeah. defensive line. That he's not starting. Yeah, he's coming off the bench, which I think is perfect for him. I mean, he's thirty-seven years old. Yeah, uh, that's come- probably the only reason he's not starting. Yeah, I think he's honestly happy that he's not starting mm-hmm. because he gets a fan base who loves him. He gets to come off on third down and straight-up bull rush the passer, which turned into two sacks.
0: Yeah, it was beautiful.
1: It yeah. Was, that was beautiful. The game was ugly. That was beautiful. Yeah, our defensive line uh, really dominated this game, controlled the line of scrimmage. Like uh, like you said, I am so excited for... Um, Julius Peppers being back. Yeah, it makes me want to get his jersey. That honestly.
0: defense, you buy a lot of jerseys, John. <laughs> I, talk, buy
1: alone? I talk about buying a lot of jerseys. Okay, all right. I have seen
0: you in uh, Giannis Antetokounmpo jersey. Antetokounmpo, say it right. The Greek freak. I, you know, I'm, I'm not talking so well today. Anyway, the Panthers <laughs> defense allowed 176 total yards and 103 passing yards. That was the least amount of passing yards allowed since November 10th, 2013 versus San Francisco- when Colin Kaepernick was still the quarterback for the 49ers, I think.
1: Yeah, that game was 10-9. to This game reminded me a lot of it. I remember we had a, a critical stop on fourth down mm-hmm. on uh, their side of the 50 with time running out. That so. was
0: kind of that game where the national media was like, oh, these Panthers might be good.
1: Yeah, that was the year of uh, our really good defense. In uh, 2013, we went 12-4. and
2: And then was... lost to the 49ers yeah, in the yeah.
0: playoffs. Well, we we got it together the next year almost. We uh, held the Two bills. years. Two years after. Oh, yeah, that's right, 2015. We held the Bills to uh, 69 rushing yards, and they led the league in rushing yards in week one and all of last season. That includes LaShawn Shady McCoy himself, who had almost nothing on the ground. So we already know we can stop an elite running back. Tyra Taylor was a mobile quarterback. You know, he's not the greatest guy, but he's not that bad.
1: Yeah, I mean Tyrod Taylor. He's he was a backup for Baltimore for a while. Played at Virginia Tech, another ACC school. He really, um, I mean, he really doesn't have that much talent at receiver. And when McCoy's only getting nine yards for the whole game on the ground, there's not really much he can do. I mean, he's fast. He, rem- yeah. he reminds mm-hmm. me of RG three, maybe a little bigger and stronger. But I get more of a Michael Vick vibe from him because of the size. No, he's a lot. Strength. He's a lot bigger than Michael Vick. I think.
0: I think he's about six six one six 6'1". one. Yeah. Yeah, Maybe six I foot. mean, he's still,
1: they have, you're right, though. They have a very similar style of play, mm-hmm. uh, running, scrambling outside of the pocket. So it was good to see him contained.
0: And another note from that uh, game the Panthers led time of possession, surprise, surprise, but 38 to 21. That's almost two thirds. That's what happens when you run the ball. Man. This is a ball control offense. We're able to run the ball when we need to run the ball. And that's why, even though they have been ugly wins over not talented football teams, I'm really, really excited about this Panthers team com- coming into the season. Right now at 2 and 0.
1: Right, yeah, we're one of uh 10 teams left undefeated. Uh again, two of those teams are 1 and 0 because they um had their uh Miami and Tampa Bay had their first games uh canceled and postponed. Mm-hmm. But um yeah, I'm I'm really excited honestly. We play the Saints in week 3. Should be a good season. A couple of things that weren't good from the game in the third quarter, we had a uh, net uh 15 negative yards
0: in on 12 plays in the third oh quarter. gosh. And allowed seven sacks or six sacks which was the most sacks that we've allowed since we allowed seven to the new york jets in 2014 so we got the win despite the sacks and it was i'll tell you something that was really weird was seeing mike tolbert and joe webb in another team's uniform that was pulling on my heartstrings man those are two of some of my favorite favorite panthers yeah but week three we have the new orleans saints which brings us to our picks and our fantasy football Every single week, John and I give you our must-start and our must-sit and our lock and our upset. Right now, we're going to give you our lock and our upset. We'll start with me, because why not? I'm the one steering the ship here. Ha, ha, ha. Anyway, Cam Newton. Okay. No, this wrong (laughs) thing. My upset of the week. I got this wrong last week, but that was because Deshaun Kaiser had to leave the game with a migraine, and then he threw a pick-six when he probably still had a migraine. So had Deshaun Kaiser been up to par as usual, self. I think they would have upset the Browns. So I went one and one last week. Uh, you went one and one last week. But my upset this week is the Titans over the Seahawks, another very overrated team in my opinion.
1: Yeah, um, yeah. Last week I went one on one. Excuse me, one and one. Uh, I picked the Seahawks to beat the 49ers as my lock, and I picked the Vikings to beat the Steelers. Not making excuses, but I thought Sam Bradford was going to play. They played. Sounds Case like Keenum. an excuse, John. Yeah, it sounds an, ex- an awful lot like an excuse. It is an excuse, but um it's a it's a pretty good one. Uh <laughs> so
0: fantasy last week, uh stardom and sit him. Uh I think uh my stardom was Todd Gurley, he had like twenty five points, and my sit him was Fournette and he had like ten, so not bad. Uh my must start of the week this week is absolutely Cam Newton versus this New Orleans State de- New Orleans Saints defense. They can't stop anything, and they're not gonna stop Cam Newton.
1: Yeah, I, I agree with you there, honestly. i I'm, I'm expecting Three or more touchdowns mm-hmm. uh, through the ground or through five. the air. Give him five. Three or more would be nice. <laughs> He's getting five. That's
0: my bold prediction. John, who's your must-start of the week?
1: Uh, Randall Cobb because Jordy Nelson. Oh, I uh, like it. Yeah, Jordy Nelson's potentially out. Um, he got a lot of touches last week against the, uh, against the Falcons. I mean, they lost, but they're playing a really bad Bengals team. And when I say really bad, I mean this team got beat by the team that got blown out by the Jaguars at home.
2: That is really bad.
1: The Bengals are very bad. Uh, The Packers, they're going to have a field day, even if Jordy Nelson doesn't play. I'm looking at Randall Cobb, eight catches, 120 yards.
0: Wow, that's weirdly specific, but we'll roll with it. My sit-em of the week is LaShawn McCoy. He didn't do anything versus the Panthers' defense last week, and he is doing absolutely nothing versus the Broncos' defense that held Ezekiel Elliott to nine yards on eight carries or eight yards on nine carries. Either one of those, those are really bad, however you put it. LaShawn McCoy is my must-sit of
1: this week. Yeah, mine is Drew Brees because I really oh, think I yeah, love it. I think our I think the Panthers defense is going to do uh, really well. I'm looking for a couple interceptions. Honestly, our our pass rush is going to. Keep him...
0: I'll bet Bradbury gets in on that.
1: Yeah, I'd, I'd like to see Bradbury uh, return one for a touchdown. That'd be he pretty He is sweet. really
0: good, and no one knows
1: it. Kirk Coleman, in an interview this week, actually said he expects to get an interception because he's been successful against Drew Brees throughout his career. I like that as well. So, yeah, I'd like, I'd like to see A lot see of people that.
0: don't like it when players are come across as, air quotes, arrogant. But you have to be arrogant. There's to a difference be between good.
1: arrogant and confident, and I think a lot of people... Confuse Cam Newton's arrogance with his confidence. Oh, I a think he's absolutely
0: arrogant, and I, I, I love it. That's just me. I'm one of Cam's okay. biggest fans. So as we're uh, winding down, that bring, there's a couple of notes for a national story. And as uh, we have the trivia answer to the question, and we have a little note about NC State baseball and Trey Turner, and since we have none other than the baseball insider in my circle
2: of life right now, uh, Daniel, uh, what did Trey Turner do? Trey Turner just set the uh, Washington National single-season stolen base record in only 88 games this season. Wow. He's Incredible. currently sitting third in the majors behind Billy Hamilton and Dee Gordon. And he missed some games, a yeah, sizable amount. Oh, yeah, he missed, like, I want to say a couple months' worth of games due to uh, injury. Yeah, and uh, his manager,
0: Dusty Baker, said, quote, he'd probably steal 70 or 80. It's just a matter of him staying healthy. So it's great to see some Wolfpack. Uh, baseball players uh, doing great in the next level. You have a little something about the Wolfpack baseball team now?
2: Uh, Yes. Uh, NC State's baseball schedule has not been fully released yet. However, uh, Wake Forest has released their baseball schedule, and I can give you with absolute certainty that NC State will host Wake Forest May 11th through 13th. It's going to be one of the last series of the season before the ACC. That's a ACC long way away. Turn- it is. But, you know... Getting knowledge out there now, it yep. helps out. And also, I'm putting it on my calendar right now, let me tell you. Exactly. And also, uh, season tickets are on sale right now at gopack.com.
0: Mm-hmm. And uh, you mentioned something about an inter-squad scrimmage uh, this uh, week.
2: Yes, there's going to be a scrimmage at Doak Field. Uh, red team versus white team. It's going to be at 2 o'clock Sunday at Doak Field. Free admission. Yeah, and the kids can get autographs there, I'm assuming, as well. I'm not entirely certain about that uh for sure but oh well it's worth a shot it'll, you should it'll still be go a fantastic free go see it exactly uh i think state's gonna have a fantastic team coming up and i will have more on that in the coming yeah. weeks and months
0: appreciate you uh sitting in on the show today daniel we're gonna have daniel back when baseball season rolls around john i've been on the edge of my proverbial
1: seat this entire <laughs> time who what is the answer what is the trivia question and what's the answer uh, the trivia question, again, was who is the winningest basketball coach in NC State history? Again, that's counting um, men's, and, men's women's. and women's. So the answer is Kay Yao, mm-hmm. who won 737 games during her incredible career as an NC State um, NC State's head coach. She had a um, career win percentage of 68%, which is another great mark. Um, yeah, again, the answer the late great Kay Yao.
0: Another, you know, hashtag spoilers, non-revenue sports here at NC State is amazing. And that's what we're here to talk about you with you every single week at 5 p.m. right here on 88.1 Packers Life. Daniel, thank you for sitting in. Of course. John, it's been a pleasure. Always is. I'll see you next week. Thank you so much for tuning in and making us a part of your day. Come right back here next week at 5 o'clock. This has been Packers Life Sports Show on 88.1 WKNC.